You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Now. Enjoy. It's time for you to experience the resurrection power of Christ in your life. Okay? Happy Easter. Right? He is risen. And now is the time for you to experience his resurrection power. All right? I want to read you a definition of the word now. Now is the time. So I just called this message now, N-O-W. I want to read you a definition of the word now, all right? This minute, this instant, immediately, at once, straight away, right away, instantly, directly, without further ado, promptly, without delay, pronto, ASAP. Now, at this moment, without further ado, ASAP is time for you to experience the resurrection power of Christ. I know I have no desire to play church or to be a part of a religious organization. I want to experience Christ. That's why we're here. Expect it when you come. All right? And it's happening now. All right? Well, how do we experience the resurrection power of Christ? It's very simple. By taking him at his word. By believing in who he is and what he's done for us. All right? So at Highway Church, we're a little different here. Now, for those of us joining us online, you'll know what we do here is we teach the Bible based on the person and the ministry of Jesus Christ as recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. We do not teach the Bible based on religious tradition. Okay? There's a difference. And you're going to see that. We, we teach the Bible based on the person of Jesus Christ. And he's the same today as he was when he walked on the shores of Galilee. Right? The only difference, he's glorified now. Right? And he's ascended into the Father and the Holy Spirit has come. Okay? But his character, his nature, his will is the same. It doesn't change. Okay? So we've experienced the resurrection power of Christ when we change the way we think about him and we receive him as he is, not as perhaps man's philosophy has dictated to us or man's religious tradition, but as he is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And I promise, this, promise you this, you won't find anyone more wonderful, more loving, more powerful, more concerned about the details of your life than him. That's our Jesus. So we're going to change our thoughts this morning, all right? We're going we're gonna, to, any thoughts that we have currently in our minds that might be a little different than who he is, we're going to discard those and replace them with Jesus, all right? So on Easter Sunday, 2017, let me ask you a question. What do you think of when you think of God? You don't have to answer out loud, but what do you think of? Do you think of a God of law or a God of love? I want to exhort you to begin thinking from this moment on of God as a God of love. He defines himself in that way. Let's look at 1 John 4, 8. 
What's up, baby Ray? I heard your sweet voice, little girl. How you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> Got an Easter flower in her hair. First John 4, 8. He does, he does, excuse me, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You will find nowhere in the Bible that says God is law. You won't find it because he's not law. He's love. Now, God is a lawgiver, but he had to do that because of the stubbornness, the stiff-necked behavior and attitude of his people. Right? But that's not who he is. Do you know God doesn't even associate himself with the Ten Commandments? Is that just my idea or is that actually in the Bible? Well, let's look at John chapter 1, verse 17. So God is love. Don't think of God as a God of law. Know him as a God of love. John 1, 17. Now this is, we're just reading out of the Bible, okay? Says this, for the law, well, you already read it. If I said the law was given by blank, what do you think most people would say? Some, probably most people say, well, God. No, they'd be wrong, wouldn't they? What does the scripture say? The law was given by Moses? Wait a minute. Why are Christians so uh, adamant to try and get the Ten Commandments back in schools? Do you know what we need in schools? The love of God. Yeah. We need the love of God is love. He defines himself as love. We put 1 John 4, 8 in schools. And watch what happens. You put John 1, 17 in schools. For the law was given by Moses. God doesn't even take credit for it. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What? So God defines himself as love, grace, and truth, not law. That kind of tilt a little bit, but it's true. We're changing the way we think about him. He's love, he's grace, and he's truth. Jesus Christ is Lord, isn't he? He's God in the flesh, all right? When you think of God, do you think of a God of judgment? Or do you think of, of a God of mercy? Good. Yeah. So let's begin to think of God as a God of love and mercy. Look at Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. This is God talking. He said, for I desired mercy and not sacrifice. I grew up in a very uh, religious setting. And there we were taught to, about the sacrifices that God supposedly required. God did require a sacrifice, but that was a sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And that sacrifice was met through him, and we can't meet the demands of what Jesus met, the justice that Jesus met, okay? God says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Look at this. And the knowledge of God. More than burnt offerings. What is the knowledge of God? God wants people to know him as he is. Unfortunately, religion has become a big roadblock to that in many cases. 
okay? We're here, Highway Church is here to try and help remove that roadblock, okay? So if you're online listening to us, if you've got religious goggles on or religious headphones, we want you to take those off, okay? Just take them off and leave them off. We want you to know Jesus as he is. He's so good. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says this, that grace and peace are multiplied to us through the knowledge of God. Same thing as Hosea 6, 6. So God desires grace and peace to be multiplied to people by knowing him. It doesn't come through religion. Religion can't give this to you. The law can't give this to you. If the law could give you love, grace, peace, and truth, there'd be no reason for Christ to come. The law couldn't do it. All right? Christ had to come so that we could experience the love of God, so that we could experience the grace, the truth, and so that we can know him in a very real way. Are you ready for this? You got your seatbelts on, don't you? Like I said, we're we're a little different here, so I'm going to say some things that might be shocking to you. I've talked before about my... uh, What is that machine called? The uh, external defibrillator? Yeah, it's kind of clear. I kind of have an anointing like that on my life. I say things that are shocking that might wake you up, right, and bring you into new dimensions of life, all right? So we're going to read that same verse, Hosea 6, 6, in the message translation. Here it is. I'm after love that lasts. What do you think of when you think of God? I'm after love that lasts, not more religion. Oh, I love God. He's so non-religious. I'm after love that lasts, not more religion. I want you to know God, not go to more prayer meetings. I better read that again. I'm after love that lasts, not more religion. I'm going to read it again. I'm after love that lasts, not more religion. We're just reading the Bible. I want you to know God, not go to more prayer meetings. Are you ready for a shocker? We need less prayer and more believing. Hello. I've been to far too many quote-unquote prayer meetings that were motivated by fear and unbelief and ignorance of who God is. Not all prayer is good prayer. Just because you're praying doesn't mean it's based on the knowledge of who he is and what he's done for you. So I'll say it again. We need less quote-unquote prayer and more believing in who he is and what he's done for you. I found out when I just take him at his word, the hours of prayer don't need to be there. And then my prayer becomes a fellowship with him, a walking through life with him, a time of receiving from him and worshiping him and experiencing, not of pleading and begging and trying to get him to do something that he's already done. Hallelujah. Yes. Matthew 9, 13, Jesus said this, but go and learn what this means. Let's do it in the the New King James first, if you have it there. It says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Sounds like Hosea 6, 6, right? I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Now let's go to the message. Are you ready? 
Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. Come on, is that a shocker or what? I'm after mercy, not religion. Hallelujah, I love Jesus. So when you think of God, do you think of a God of law or a God of love? Do you think of a God of judgment or a God of mercy? Do you think of a God that's difficult to understand and far away? Or do you think of a God who has made himself known and is close to you? Let's look at John chapter 14. Do you think of a God who's here right now, who's made himself available to you right now? John 14. I don't know what I said. If I said John something else, we're going to John 14. Okay? John 14, chapter 6. Jesus is talking. He's replying to Thomas, and he says, I am. We got uh, verse 6 up there? All right. There we go. He said, I am. I'm going to stop there for a moment. You remember in Exodus chapter 3 when God was talking with Moses and Moses said, when I go to the Israelites and tell them the God of your fathers sent me, and they say, well, what's his name? What should I tell them? Do you remember that? And what did God say to him? I am that I am. Very, it's my favorite name of God. wrote a song about that called You Are I Am because I love that name of him. But I study this name out, and I'll, I'll be studying it, I'm sure, probably for the rest of my days. But this is, this is some of what I've learned so far about this name. The I am that I am is related also to the name Jehovah, Jehovah or Yahweh, the name of God. And we know that means the self-existent one, right? The one who requires no batteries ever. The one who never gets tired. But it means more than that. It means the one who reveals himself unceasingly. Tell them the one who reveals himself unceasingly has sent you. I am. It also means that I am the one who regularly releases power. I am. I'm the one who has power regularly being released from me, and this power accomplishes my will. If you believe, right? If you receive it. So it's very powerful. So Jesus says to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And look at verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Wow. Philip says, he's not quite getting it. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father? Jesus came so that God would no longer be a mystery to you so that you could see clearly his will for your life, so that you can know his nature, so that you could experience his life, wisdom, power, strength, peace, 
provision each and every day of your life for the rest of your life. All right? Matthew 18, verse 20. Do you think of a God who is far away or a God who is near? Jesus said this, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I believe that. The same Jesus that walked out of the tomb is in our midst, in the person of the Holy Spirit. The same Jesus that made the lame walk is here. And he heals just like he did then. Actually, more so because he can be in more places than one. We do greater things. Didn't he say that? Anyone who has faith in me will do uh, what I have done and even greater things than these. He's everywhere at once now in the person of the Holy Spirit. That means if you need healing, you can receive it right now. You don't have to touch the hem of his garment because he's in your midst. You don't have to fight through any crowds. He's in our midst. In fact, when he started his ministry in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he said this, the time is fulfilled. This is Jesus talking. And the kingdom of God is at hand. When something's at hand, it means you can reach out and touch it, right? Repent. What does repent mean? Change the way you think, okay? doesn't have to be any crying involved in repentance. No falling on your face. I mean, you may or may not, but that doesn't. Repent is simply changing the way that you think. Isn't that good? He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Change the way you think about him and believe the good news that I'm preaching about him. That he's a God of love, of grace, of truth, of mercy, and that he is a God who reveals himself unceasingly. He's the one who has power emanating from him continually to accomplish his will in your life. He's so good. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. The Apostle Paul says it this way by the, by the Holy Spirit. He says, do you not know yourselves? He's writing to believers, to those who put their faith in Christ, that Jesus Christ is in you. Is he in you? If you have opened up your mouth and said, Jesus, be Lord of my life, and you've believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, at that moment, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. He gave you a brand new spirit. Your dead spirit was made alive. And Jesus Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit, is now living inside of you. Think on that during this week. The risen Christ is living inside of me. The risen Christ is living inside of me. I don't know if I can even begin to recount all of the physical healing I've experienced just by meditating on that simple truth. The risen Christ is living inside of me. Hallelujah. So it's Easter Sunday. What do you think of when you think of the resurrection? 
Do you think of a past event or a present reality that's yours now? Now is the time for you to be whole. Now is the time for you to experience the resurrection power of Christ. Do you know that Jesus didn't do what he did to become a religious icon? He didn't do what he did so that we could make statues of him. You know God doesn't want any statues made of him. He's not after religion. Remember we read that? I know this is shocking, but it's true. He's not after any kind of a statue being erected of him. He wants people to know him. It's time to know him. It's time to let go of the wrong thinking. Listen, this earth is passing away. It's time to know him. It's time to change the way we think about him. We really don't have time to play religion. We don't have time to, to seek after man's ways. We need to know God for ourselves. And that's why we're here. And I know this, that if you will come to Highway Church and if you're physically in a different part of the, the country or world that you can't get here, if you'll listen to the message that the Lord has put in our heart, you will come to know him in a very real way. We're committed to preaching Jesus and nothing else. I don't have anything else to preach. I don't have any political agenda. I don't have any social agenda. I, I'm just going to preach Jesus. Right? The Jesus that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. So you're not looking at a frustrated pastor who's mad at the world, who's trying to, to get some political agenda across. You're not looking at a, at a, at a man that's, that's uh, trying to get people to, to live right. I don't care how you live. I want you to know Jesus. If you'll enter into a relationship with him, everything else will take care of itself. See, religion is trying to get people to focus on themselves, examine yourself, fix yourself, correct this, do this right, do this right, do this right. And after you've done this list of what we say you should do right, then I've got another list for you. And if you continue going through these lists, maybe you'll get to heaven, right? We th we've thrown that all away. I'm telling you this, if you'll simply put your faith in Jesus as he is, he'll make you new. That's all we have. That's our message. All right? He'll make you new and he'll keep you new. He'll keep you strong. Right? Remember the definition of now? See, religion's taught that God is a God in the past. Or God is a God in the future. But he's God now. He's alive now. He's just as, just like in Matthew chapter 8, the leper said to him, if you will. If you're willing, you can make me clean without hesitation. Didn't he reach out and touch him, I think, in that account? Before he even spoke, he touched him. But do you know he wasn't healed when he touched him? He was healed when he spoke. Because it's the word of God that brings healing, right? He sent his word and healed us. So he touched him out of love and compassion. And then he said, I will be clean. And he was made clean, right? He's the same today and he's here right now. Be clean. Be whole. In Jesus' name. Now, remember, it means this minute. 
This instant, immediately, at once, straight away, right away, instantly, directly, without further ado, promptly, without delay, pronto, and ASAP, ASAP. The same God who healed an entire nation with one meal in one night is in you if you put your faith in Christ. And he's here right now. You put up Hebrews 13, verse 8. He's not a God just in the past. He's not a God just in the future. He's a God who is now. And this, remember, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, you know it's just chock full of real-life accounts of the miraculous power of God, right? I mean, all the way back to the very first chapter of Genesis, he speaks and darkness goes, right? He speaks and light is. He speaks and stars appear, and they all have names, right? He speaks and planets are. He speaks and living creatures begin swimming in the seas. He speaks and living creatures begin bursting forth from the earth. He speaks and the maimed, people without arms and legs, receive arms and legs. He's the same today. Nothing is impossible with him. Nothing is impossible with him. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I love that. He's the same. He hasn't changed. I mean, is that, is that, have you ever read that in the Gospels that they brought to him the, the lame, the maimed, the blind, the deaf, and they were made whole? He's the same. Bring people who need healing to Highway Church. He's the same Jesus. I know this is not taught near enough. I know it's not known enough. But I also know what the Lord's put in my heart to proclaim, that he's the same. Regardless of what people may say or how we may be criticized, he's the same. Just as it was his will to heal the leper in Matthew chapter 8, it is his will to heal you. But you've got to know that. And here's another shocker. Are we listening online? God's will does not automatically happen in the earth or in your life. I know that's a shocker. But God is not in control of your life, my life, or the world. Jesus taught that Satan is the ruler of this world. But through faith in Christ, I can make him Lord, Jesus, Lord of my life, and be out from underneath the authority of Satan forever. And in my life, heaven reigns. Right In the life of a believer, we have to take authority over darkness in our lives. We have to take authority over sickness in our lives. Things that are trying to keep us from being whole. If you don't take authority over it, it's not going to go away. And I, this is very important because people have been taught if it's God's will, it'll happen. No, it won't. Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus faced great opposition. 
Remember, he rebuked storms. He did not accept them. Oh, boy. Right? People have been taught to accept storms. Jesus didn't do that. He rebuked them because he knew where they came from. They didn't come from his father. He knew it was darkness. God does not send storms to teach people things. Hey, we're here now. We might as well just get right into it, right? This is commonly taught. Very popular Christian books that teach people that every, every accident, every disease, everything that happens was a part of God's plan for your life. Couldn't be more wrong. No, Jesus came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. What did he say in John 10.10? 10? The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Is he talking about his father? If he is, I'm done, right? But then I don't want any part of this. If, his, if the God we worship is a thief, forget it. We have no hope. If he, if he, if he, if he blasts us with tornadoes and, and tsunamis to teach us things, I don't want to know him. What kind of father would do that to their children? Would you do that to your kids? Would you toss them out of the car going 75 to teach them something? Never. Why would we preach that God would do something like that? Why? Ignorance. Because people have accepted man's ideas instead of who Jesus really is. I know this might make people mad, but I, I'm not interested in upsetting people unless it, it, it wakes them up. I says, wait a minute, what have I been believing about God? He's a good, good father. You know, he's never done anything to hurt you. Not once, and no one can make him do that. And if you stick with us, you keep coming back, you keep listening online, we'll go. I know there are things in the Bible that have been wrongly taught. People say, what about this? What about that? But Jesus is the character and nature of God. He is God in the flesh. So if what I believe about God doesn't agree with the person of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, then I've misunderstood God. So everything I believe about God, I should be able to see it in the ministry of Christ, right? So it, did Jesus zap anyone with tornadoes? Well, remember when his, was two, I think it was two of his disciples, the sons of thunder, wanted to call lightning down? Remember, because they didn't, weren't receiving Jesus? They said, Lord, you want us to call lightning down? And what did Jesus say? Yeah, go ahead, blast them. No. He said, you don't know what spirit you're of. The Holy Spirit doesn't operate that way. I'm of a different spirit. Man operates that. The devil operates that way. But I don't blast people. I love people. I make them whole. This is the spirit we operate from. Are we doing okay? James 1.17 so have you experienced him? Have you tasted of him? Now, you may not know this, but all of us to one degree or another have experienced God. Even if we've never read the Bible, even if we've never been to church, all of us to one degree or another have experienced it. And James kind of helps us, kinds, kinds of, I don't know what I'm trying to say, kinds of helps us? Is that how to understand that, he says, every good thing, in James chapter 1, verse 17, every what kind of thing? Good thing. Is sickness good? No. Never. There's nothing good about it. 
okay? And the people teach that, that God wants you to be sick. They're the first people to run to a hospital if sickness comes. If God wants it in your life, why are you trying to get rid of it? Hospitals are good, right? Being healed of sickness is good, not bad. So if you just use a little bit of common sense with some of these religious teachings, they don't make sense. I've seen the very same people who preach adamantly that sickness is, is part of God's plan and he teaches you things. And those very same people will be trying to get better of something in their life. And I say, well, why don't, you, why don't you stop taking that medication then? Why don't you stop going to the doctor? Why are you getting in the way of God's will if he wants you to be sick? That doesn't make sense, right? He either wants us well or he doesn't. He's not confusing. He wants you well. Okay? So every good thing, health is a good thing. Sickness is a thief. Sometimes I, I wish I would, could talk about other things, but this is just what the Lord's put in my heart. Yeah, I try and get, it's like, are you always going to talk about healing? Or, I don't know. I'm just, it's just inside of me. And it, it needs to be talked about, you know. I think, boy, we could talk about eschatology and all kinds of, I don't know, you know, and social issues. But I, this is just what's in me, okay? So it's coming out. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from where? Heaven, right? Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation, or shifting shadow. That's what gives us the confidence to receive from him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's think of some good things. Let's pretend I never read the Bible before. Let's pretend I never been to church before and someone gave me a puppy. What would my face be like? <laughs> right? You start laughing because they're just cute and funny, right? And it's jumping on you, trying to lick your face. It's a ha Where's that from? Every good thing, that's from God. That's God's idea. Little baby Ray, you hold her for a minute, and you're going to be smiling. Why? Every good thing's from him. Every good thing. Pumpkin pie with freshly whipped cream on top. Every good thing. See, you've experienced God whether you realize it or not. Every good thing's from him. That's where it all comes from. So when you go through your day today, if you have a good meal today, or you're enjoying the company of friends, that's from God. That's his will for you. God wants good things overflowing in your life because he's a good God. He doesn't have anything bad to give you. Okay? I like how it says it in the message. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. It's good to know where things come from. So where do tsunamis come from? Never heaven. See, when man fell and Satan stole the authority from Adam that God gave to him, Satan became the God of this world. And everything in the earth changed. Everything changed. The climate changed. The soil changed. Thorns came where there weren't thorns before. Poisonous things, things got perverted. Storms came. It didn't rain before man fell, right? Water would rise from the earth. So you got to know where things come from. That's why Jesus could be wakened, awa awoken, awakened, waked up, woken up out of his sleep. 
And in the midst of a storm, without any hesitation, he say, be still. And he would rebuke a storm without asking any questions, without going to a prayer meeting. We don't need more prayer meetings. We need believing. We need a believing in Christ as he is. And when you know who God is and you know what's from him, you know what to rebuke and what to accept. Right? Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. Boy, God will set you free to be yourself. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There's nothing deceitful in God. I didn't know that. I heard some very conflicting things about God growing up through the religion I was a part of. But then, look at, there's nothing deceitful, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. The Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts is the same today if you'll just receive him. So it's time for you to experience him. We're going to read one more scripture, and I'm going to pray for you. Maybe two, one or two. Now's the time. Listen, we've all experienced him to one degree or another, but it's time to experience more of him in your life. Okay? More. Let's say it together. More. Jesus, we want more of you. We want more of you. This, is, this scripture we're going to read is, is the inspiration and motivation of my life and of this church. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. This is what we're all about. And if you come here regularly, and if you tune in online regularly, this is what's going to grow and become a part of your life. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. You remember the knowledge of God? God said, that's what I'm after. I want people to know me, right? Our determined purpose at Highway Church is for, for people to know him. What does that mean? That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in that same way come to know the power, there it is, Jehovah, I am, outflowing right now from his resurrection, that continually outflowing power of the resurrection of Christ, which it exerts over believers. That's what we're all about. Thank you for being here online. We're going to pray, and I want to, listen, there's no distance where you could be in Australia listening to this, but the Holy Spirit's right there. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe God for healing uh, in, in, or whatever need you may have to be received today, all right? We're here to help people know and experience the risen Christ more. And this is, I'm going to pray the prayer that Paul prayed to begin in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. And this is one of the most excellent prayers I know of. And I pray this for myself, and I pray this for others, 
says this. I pray for you that are listening. I pray for myself and I pray for all of us who are here that the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light so that we can know and understand the hope, the confidence to which he's called us and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones, and so that we can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power, where? In and for us who believe. You have to believe it. Isn't that what the way God operates? We don't, right? Seeing is not believing. That's a, a fallacy. Believing is seeing. For us who believe, if you don't believe it, you're not going to experience it as demonstrating in the working of his mighty strength the day that we're celebrating today, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Let's join together our faith in prayer. Father, thank you for this time together. We accept you as you are as you revealed yourself through your Son, Jesus Christ. Our determined purpose is to know you as you are. And we don't care what people say about us. If people criticize us or persecute us for, for what we believe about you, that's okay. Because you're more important to us than being popular. You're more important to us than the approval of man. You're more important to us than a career or a social status. Jesus, we love you more than anyone or anything in this world or any other world. And we shall forever pursue you and grow in you. You have made yourself known. And we thank you for revealing more of yourself to us each and every day. And I want you to just, just put all of your attention on Jesus, the healer. And just listen as, as I pray. Um, for whatever reason, healing has become a, a very strong, important part of my life and, and of the ministry the Lord has um, called me to. And I've enjoyed divine health supernaturally since about 1996, about 21 years ago, through simple faith in what I shared with you today. And I was someone who was very sick most of my life, my uh, mid to late 20s, until I learned that Jesus was the same. And I began to receive healing from every respiratory issue, every uh, bone issue, uh, spine issue, all the things that were wrong with me by meditating on what I shared with you this morning and realizing that he was the healer. But I want you to know this. He is the healer. He hasn't changed. And there's power outflowing from him right now. Wherever you're at in the world, if you need healing in your body, I want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ right now as the healer. I speak wholeness to your body in Jesus' name.
be whole. Shoulder, be whole. In the name of Jesus Christ. Rotator cuff, be whole. Tissue, be repaired. In the name of Jesus Christ. Be whole in Jesus' name. I rebuke diabetes in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever type you are, get out in Jesus' name. I rebuke you from every body listening to this message presently, physically, or through the internet. Jesus is Lord. I speak normalcy to, to every body and to, to normal levels of insulin in every body for organs to function and produce Normally, as God designed them to function, for blood sugar levels to be healthy, diabetes, you're, you're done. Jesus bore you on the cross so we don't have to. And I speak healing and wholeness to anyone struggling with diabetes. Be whole and be free now in Jesus' name. And if you're listening to this broadcast and you want to leave a testimony in the, uh, in the comments there, you can do that. We're just going to listen to the Lord here. This is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're just going to let Him do what He wants to do. Hallelujah. Just keep your focus on Him. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power flowing right now. Thank you, Lord, for those with knee problems. Lord, maybe some who've already had knee replacements. Lord, I, I pray that you would quicken them to receive a new knee. Brand new knee parts. For the artificial parts that were put in there to be replaced with real ones. You're the God of heaven and earth. Nothing's impossible with you. I speak to troubled knees. Knees be if you're dealing with a, a, a knee challenge, put your hand on your knee. Knee be whole in Jesus' name. Cartilage be whole. Joints be whole. Bones be whole in Jesus' name. Ligaments and tendons be whole in Jesus' name. What is it? The ACL, Jim? What is that? ACL, what are they going to? Be whole. Every tendon, every ligament, be whole in Jesus' name. Bones and cartilage that arthritis has eaten away, be restored in Jesus' name. Be restored. New kneecaps, new joints in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Receive it. And I encourage people, uh, whenever we pray for healing, to don't let Satan steal it from you. If you've just put your faith in Christ for it. There are times when I have physically felt the immediate manifestation. There are other times I didn't feel anything, but I received it by faith. That means I knew I had it regardless of what I looked like or felt like. And I, ref and I refuse to let the devil steal it from me. Okay, and the way he'll steal it, he'll come to you and tell you, well, that's ridiculous. You can't, you didn't, you're not healed, right? And maybe symptoms might return. But you say, no, with the stripes that wounded Jesus, 
I have been healed. You speak to whatever issue it is. You speak and say, with the stripes that wounded Jesus' knee, you've been made whole, right? Organs, you, you produce what you're supposed to produce in my body. My blood sugar levels are healthy and strong in Jesus' name. Take authority over your body, all right? God has given you that authority. Let's worship the Lord right now with our finances, all right? And at Highway Church, again, we're a little different. We want you to know online, if you're joining us, if you haven't heard this before, there's no pressure to give anything at Highway Church, all right? You're not obligated to give, all right? And I shared this before, you know, my wife and I, when we got married, we never discussed and we still haven't discussed what belongs to me or what belongs to her. Because everything she has is mine, everything I have is hers. Why have we never talked about that? Love is that way, okay? Love doesn't even think that way. Love just gives, all right? What we're doing right now, we're worshiping God with our finances, this is something you'll see in the Bible all the way back to, to, to uh, well, even Cain and Abel, but you'll see it in Abraham, the father of our faith. When he saw the delivering power of God in his life, he brought to God a tithe, 10% of all that he had. Why? There was no law at that point. No one told him to do that. He did it out of love and out of gratitude for what God did. So that's what we're doing right now. I do want to encourage you to express your gratitude to God in every area of your life, including your finances, okay? So if you need an envelope, if you're here this morning, you need an envelope for, to express your worship and your gratitude to God, I want to encourage you to do that, to, to get God involved in your financial life. You can do it online as well, or you can do it here uh, electronically. You can text in your worship through 508-502-7733. 508-502-7733, or you can just go to highwaychurch.us and click on the Give Online link, okay? But whatever you do, if you're going to give, do it out of faith and love, not out of duty or obligation. God desires people to know Him. He doesn't want ro religious robots, okay? He wants people who love Him. So when I came to know Him, everything I have now is His. And it's been a joy of my life since 1989 to give at least 10% of my finances to Him every week. And wow, the blessings we've seen in our lives because of that. You know, you would look at the quality of life that we're living and think, wow, they're really, you know, they're doing well. And I mean, the quality of life we're living is way beyond the revenue that we receive. <laughs> it's the favor of God, all right? And He wants to bless you. He wants to take you beyond your paycheck, well beyond, all right? So let's do something. I, we're believing God for mortgages to be paid in full this year. I mean, is that crazy? Is that, is that unthinkable? Why not? We've got things to do, you know? Wouldn't it be nice to take the money that you're using for a mortgage, right, and do something else with that? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, let's do it. You know, get a puppy or something? No. <laughs> So let's believe God for great things in our life. Jesus says, give, and it will be given to you, right? Sh pressed together, shaken down, uh, overflowing. Well, it'll, it's going to be poured into your lap. We're believing that for your life, okay? So if you're, if you're hooked up with Highway Church, you're going to increase financially. You may as well know that right now. You're going to increase financially. So get ready for it. 
Open up some new accounts. Get ready, okay? Let's bless the Lord with our finances. Father, we come before you right now out of gratitude. We're so grateful for your amazing love. We express our love to you by giving to you of our finances, whether it's through texting, whether it's through our, our link on our website, or whether it's here physically in person through a check or cash. This is an expression of our worship. Be glorified in our financial life. Be glorified in our checking accounts, in our savings accounts, in our retirement accounts, in our investment accounts, in our businesses, in our business decisions. Lord, be glorified. Father, I thank you for mortgages paid in full this year in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Paid in full. I thank you, Lord, for debts paid in full in 2017 in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for receiving our finances and multiplying them, not only back to us, but for the expansion of this good news message. Lord, that people would come from the north, from the south, and from the east and the west and hear the good news that you've given us to preach, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him with our finances. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.